0: Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes.
1: Hey, superachievers. This episode is part of a very special series I have curated for you. Your level of emotional intelligence is one of the most significant contributors to your success in life, however you choose to define success for you. In my emotional intelligence workshops, I use the EQI 2.0 model to help professionals and leaders assess how they are doing in self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal relationships, decision-making, and stress management, the main areas of the model. The model contains 15 competencies grouped into each of the areas I just mentioned. You can learn more about the model at mhs.com. So, what is so special about this series? Each episode is a deep dive into a competency from the model with an expert who provides you with strategies for improving your emotional intelligence. In this episode, Brian Price tells us about self-regard and how to gain more confidence. Brian is director of the Busino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall. And founder of Top Mental Game, a company that helps high school and college athletes, coaches, and teams to help them perform at their best when it matters the most. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Thanks, Christina. Glad to be here.
1: Well, I I love this topic, self-regard, but before we jump into it, please share a little bit about your background with our listeners.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, so, my name is Brian Price. I was uh, born and raised uh, along the Jersey Shore. So hopefully, you don't look at the, uh, the TV show and judge me based off of that. Uh, so, I, w- I went to West Point uh, for my undergraduate, uh, played baseball there as well. And then I served for 20 years in the Army as a, uh, initially as an aviation officer. So, I flew the Army's premier attack helicopter, the Apache Longbow, had operational experiences in Iraq and Afghanistan. And then the Army sent me about the midway point of that 20-year career to Stanford University to get a PhD in political science. And then I spent the bulk of my the latter half of my military career teaching at West Point and running a place called the Combating Terrorism Center. Retired from the Army in 2018 and uh, started uh, working at Seton Hall University, where I run the Bustino Leadership Institute. And then also in 2019, I started my own side business called Top Mental Game, where I work with business leaders and elite athletes on how to perform at their best when it matters the most. So happy to be here.
1: Well, yeah, I want to learn more about that coming up. Um, And first, thank you for your service.
0: Uh, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your your service in law enforcement.
1: Thanks. So self-regard, what is it, first of all, and, and why is it important that we have it?
0: Sure. So when I saw that you were doing this series, this was the one component that I was Uh, most attracted to. Obviously, uh, we all have our favorites when it comes to uh, the components and the competencies in the EQI 2.0. But this one struck a chord with me, not only because uh, I feel like I've had struggles with it throughout my career, uh, but also because I told you, I run that leadership institute at Seton Hall. We administer the EQI 2.0 to all of our leadership students. And the one very interesting thing to me was when we've administered it, We've done a group report, which aggregates all of their, uh, their assessments. Mm-hmm. And it comes up with the lowest three, the wow. high three and the lowest three. And the lowest three, uh, self-regard is, has popped up every single year. And wow. I think this is important and telling because if I'm, I have an opportunity at Seton Hall to work with some of the university's best and brightest students. And if they are struggling with self-regard issues in their emotional intelligence, I wonder what the rest of the general population is is suffering. So to me, it's super important. Now, E.Q.I. You know, uh, I'm going to stick with their definition of uh, of self regard, and they call it the ability and the tendency for us, in full light of both of our positive and negative qualities, to both like and have confidence in ourselves. Words and, and all. so yeah, <laughs> and to me, it's like this is the cornerstone or the foundation for. Success in whatever field you're going to go into.
1: Oh, huge! Yeah, it, and I and it's low self regard, imposter syndrome, all that kind of stuff is is a big issue. And you would think like some of the people that you're like, oh, there's there's no way that person has low self regard, and then they come back with that assessment. And it's like, oh wow.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting. What's that about? It, yeah, so uh, just a dog tail uh, or, or to dog pile on on that comment. As a leadership coach, I've been really shocked at the number of, from the outset, high-performing individuals that you think have it all put together and have unbelievable resumes. But when you start coaching them and you look at their EQI and you start peeling back the onion, that this is a problem for a lot of people. And it's interesting, just because you have low self-regard doesn't mean that you can be a high performer. You just mentioned imposter syndrome, which affects about 70% of the population and disproportionately affects people that are of our high achievers. So, um, you know, one of the questions that comes up is like, okay, how does this show up for people? And why is this bad for them uh, in terms of their professions? And yeah. so there's a couple things here. One is, I think, at its, probably the most damaging is low self-regard can often lead to a lack of action or inaction. Mm-hmm. So these individuals have a lot of self-doubt, can be extremely self-critical of themselves. And they have that translates into lower self esteem. And then, you know, again, kind of weaving in the imposter syndrome here, that leads you not to take advantage of opportunities that you might have otherwise if you had higher self regard. And so to me, this is like if corporate America is looking for, uh, in my opinion, the one piece. That is responsible for not maximizing our productivity or our potential. To me, it's it's in this area for sure.
1: Yeah. So, what does this show up as, uh, it, like, for the normal person in the work environment? How, how could you be able to to tell if you or someone else has low self regard?
0: Sure. So, I think um, it can manifest itself in uh, again going back to the inaction component. So, if there mm-hmm. is a uh, an opportunity for a promotion in your in your office. Uh, you kind of tell yourself, well, that's for other people. I, I, I would never be able to get that. So you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Second, um, it also can manifest itself in self-talk. And this, I think yeah. this is if you're attuned to it, you can actually hear people when they uh, disrespect themselves uh, out loud. And I'm not talking about, you know, folks that ha- have natural self self-deprecating humor, like such mm-hmm. as myself, yeah. but you'll hear it in, in their, in their self-talk and how they speak to themselves and how they think about themselves. And so I think those are kind of two ways where, uh, you really kind of see it, it bubble up.
1: Oh, huge. Yeah. And not, not oftentimes we're not talking out loud about ourselves, but I have noticed that on the tennis court. Uh, like you'll have, I'll, I'll hear like my opponent will be like, why did you do that? That was so stupid. i will be like, hey, come on girl, you got this You're with me. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I just brought that up for me
0: hundred percent you know yeah. um, that's actually you know one of the uh, so if how it manifests itself in negative self-talk is is how it shows up I think being self-aware and uh, conscious of your self-talk is actually one of the antidotes to it yeah um, and I, I think sometimes this gets a bad rap you know when I first off I talk about self-talk all the time with my athletes when it pertains to the mental game and, and with my with my leaders. And so, you know, I think there's this misconception that you have to always be positive and walk around with rainbows and unicorns and lollipops, <laughs> and, and I don't think that that is like most of us can't do that, right? Yeah. And it's not in our DNA to walk around and be that positive. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I or was delusional. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Either> <laughs> <or>. <laughs> both, right? <laughs> and so, I think you know, one of the kind of uh, recipes for how to solve and improve your your self or your self regard rather. Is to be conscious of what you're saying to yourself, and when you recognize that you're going negative, you know I, I we have a reset ritual that I use with my with my athletes in terms of like, okay, stop it, recognize it, and then let's move forward. Ooh. The way to the metaphor for it is uh, if you're driving a car, right, and self low self regard, bad self talk would be you driving in reverse. This is for the audience that knows how to drive stick, by the way. Uh (laughs) And so in order to go first, you kind of have to, you can't just throw it in from reverse into first. You got to kind of come to neutral first and let's go to neutral and then, and then go forward. So I think just being self, self aware of, uh, when you're going negative in your self-talk can be a good antidote for improving your self-regard. Yeah. I have some, I have some other ones too. Oh, sure. Let's do it. All right. So I, I was really excited about these. That was, that was one of I five. I am too. Let's go It. <laughs> these, these, are, these are kind of quick hitting uh, four ones that I think are uh, easy for everybody to do no matter where you're out there. Number one is they talk about if you do suffer from self-regard, particularly in this COVID environment when we're probably spending more time in our home offices or our home areas. One of the questions that I usually ask uh, clients that I'm coaching is, what does your personal space look like? Hmm. And if you do score lower on the self regard and you want to improve it, well, then you want to populate your space and decorate your space with things that are going to remind you of your self worth, that mm-hmm. reminds you of past accomplishments. And some people, that's off putting, right? So they might say to themselves, "Well, I don't want to, I don't want a peacock, or I don't want to uh, look like, um, you know, uh, super arrogant in populating my office with that." However, my thing is, I'm a big fan of the reticular activating system and how it helps us, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, get an optimal mindset. And one of those things is making sure that when you look around your office, you are seeing elements that are evidence, like real evidence of your accomplishments. So that's kind of number one. By the way, do you have, if I asked you the same thing, I know you're in your studio right now, but would you happen to have things in your office that uh, speak to your past accomplishments?
1: I don't, but I used to, um, well, and I was just thinking people could have it off camera, right? If if they don't want other people to see it, but yeah, I used to, but I, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with self-regard anymore.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, what's funny is when I ask people that sometimes, and if they are suffering from low self-regard, they say, yeah, I have it. It's in my drawer.
1: Uh, And I say, no, like,
0: and again, it doesn't have to be behind you. It can be like, if we're all in front of our computers, put it in some place where you can see it. Anyways, that's kind of uh, tip number two there.
1: Yeah. Oh, before we get to the next one, can you share, I know you mentioned uh, RAS, reticular activating system. For those listeners that don't know what that is, can you share a little bit about that?
0: Sure, be happy to. So I describe it as uh, our brains, we are inundated with information on a consistent basis. And so our our brains, in order to kind of uh, deal with that inefficiency and to make it more efficient is to have what I call the bodyguards at the gates. Oh. And so our reticular activating system act, uh, acts as like a bodyguard that only allows critical information or what you deem to be critical into your head so that that's what you're gonna be on the lookout for. The mm-hmm. a common example that usually people use is like in caveman times, when the caveman walks out of the cave, he has trained his reticular activating system to be on the lookout for a saber toothed tiger. He's not gonna freak out when he sees the bush or the log. (laughs) He's gonna look out, he's gonna freak out when he sees that saber toothed tiger. So, the cool part about the reticular activating system, though, is um, we control the inputs. And so, uh, I usually tell this to people if they are struggling with a big problem or they want, you know, this is where um, I think vision boards kind of get their so called power from, right? Is like, can you put in different places that you're gonna see it on a consistent uh, basis in your house? Things that are going to remind you of what you want or what you're going for or what problem you're trying to solve. And uh, of course, there's, you know, famous places for this. I recommend that my athletes uh, put stuff on their ceiling because it's the first thing Ah. that they see in the morning and last thing that they see uh, when they wake up. Uh, Refrigerator, um, computer screens. And the best one is... Your lock screen on your phone. Oh, there you go. Um, how I thought many you're gonna times are you going to say bathroom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, nope. I, I, I say, you know, you're in there at least twice <laughs> a day brushing your teeth and most likely tons more depending upon uh. your bladder size. I, but I post it right there on the, you know, on the bathroom mirror.
1: Yeah. Um, by oh, the way, there's, awesome.
0: you know, probably want to check with your parents if you're trying to mess with uh, the inside <laughs> the core. But yeah, so I think, you know, that the, Trigger your reticular activating system with things that you want to uh, take place in your life. So that's awesome. That's good.
1: Okay. Thank you. All right. Next.
0: couple more. And I think we're good on time for a Oh, yeah. Bit. We're good. Um, I believe in people doing a social support group audit. Mm. And we've all heard about you know, uh, you are the kind of average of the five people that you hang out with, uh, that they have a disproportionate influence on you. And this is tough because some people's self-regard is due to family members, potentially, that might be putting them down or, or seeing them in a different light. And so it's very difficult to, you know, you they say you can pick a lot of things to include your friends. Uh, you can't pick your family. Yeah. So this is a, a, a tricky one. But if you do take a look at and be intentional about looking at the people that you surround yourself with... Are those the type of people that are constantly shooting at you and bringing you down, or are those people that are lifting you up? Yeah. And the answer, of course, which is sounds super simple, but oftentimes difficult to operationalize, yeah. is hang out more with the people that are lifting you up and try to reduce the time with the people that are bringing you down as
1: much as you can. Get that support team. Hundred yeah. percent.
0: Another one is a social media audit, mm. and you know, for those of you that uh saw what is it the social network and uh the social dilemma i we are you know social media has become such a large part of our lives that i think a lot of people don't are not as intentional about their feeds on whatever mm. platform that you're on than they should be and if you defer everything to the algorithms of instagram facebook and these other things well you just might be contributing and amplifying your low self-regard based off of what type of content that you're consuming. Yeah. And so what I recommend to people is is like, you know, every once in a while, it doesn't have to be every day, but like once every couple months, go through your feeds and ask yourself, is this person adding value to my life and enhancing my self-regard? Or are they taking it away? And if they're taking it away, then, you know... The beautiful thing is you can block somebody, they'll never know. But what you'll notice is, is like the more, you know, things that you are going to be lifting up your self-regard will start to populate on your feeds more often. And so you can attack your self-regard subliminally that way as well.
1: I love it. And even take a (laughs) a social media vacation if you need to.
0: I've never been able to do that. I'm (laughs) jealous of the people that have, but maybe that's also because I have... Done my social media audit, and I know that my feed is oh there like, I would, you go. I would miss those uplifting motivational things in my feed, yeah um, but I, but I love it. the social the, and people swear by them, you know uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you do need to take a break, particularly you know I uh, know uh, holidays time timelines, uh, in the summertime, you want to be able to take those breaks. Nice. Okay. my last one, um, so so far, just to kind of review the, the bidding here. We've talked about talked about decorating your space. We talked about doing a support group audit of who are you hanging out with, who are you having most interactions with, the social media audit that we just talked about, before we talked about self-talk, and I want to add on to that about body language. Mm. So, with my athletes and also my business leaders that suffer from the low self-regard, sometimes, well, first off, I think, let's talk about, there is a I believe there's a connection between the mind and the body. And so, I think the mind oh, can absolutely influence how you perform and how your body feels. But I also think it works in reverse. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you are having a bad day and you're just not there mentally, if you can fix your body language, it can help jumpstart your mind. Yeah. So I think they, they both work in, in separate. So I'll give you a good example. Um, if you've ever watched sports and you watch, uh, what's interesting is if you turn on the Olympics right now, cover the score on any particular event and see if you can determine who's winning or who's losing <laughs> yeah. based off of pure body language. Yeah. And it's amazing. And I think, you know, I'm sure your audience has heard of things like the power pose and those sorts of things, which I, mm. I believe in. But just for a person with low self-regard, be intentional the next time you are in a place where you can see people entering and exiting out of the threshold of a door coming in and coming out and just pay particular attention to the body language that people are either walking in with and whether you can see that their energy and their like would you classify that person as a posit- you know a, a high self-regard a confident person or someone that is not And I think the telltale signs for this is, you know, the low self-regard, you're not going to make a lot of eye contact, you're going to be slumped over, your head's going to be down, shoulders are, you know, kind of droopy, dragging your feet and kind of shuffling in. And I see this with students all the time, compared to how do you want to look like? And so if you want to, if you suffer from low self-regard and you want to increase it so that you appear more confident, one easy costless thing to do is to change your body language.
1: Yeah. Take up some space, stand up straight. <laughs> yeah. I love the power poses. <laughs>
0: yeah, 100%. Um yeah. and and you, you see it in sports, you see it in business. Um and I think if you can get your body language right, it might have everything else fall into place. Yeah. Oh the last yeah. Last one the last one I have uh for you is the growth mindset. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And to me, I think this is where a lot of people with low self-regard get themselves in trouble. And this contributes to their negative self-talk yeah. is because they have a fixed mindset about uh, either their potential or um, how they perform in certain situations. For example, I'm sure uh, we've all been around individuals that say things like, well, I'm a, I am I suck at public speaking. I, mm-hmm. I, I I can't be a public speaker. I, I, I'm terrified of that. Well, you've kind of already you know, with that fixed mindset that you stink in that regard, it's difficult for you to waste. You would view it as a waste of time if you were to practice those things, if you already believe that. exactly. So, what I tell people, and this kind of relates to the self-talk that I was talking before about, but is to switch up that language just a little bit. And this psychological tip, I think, can help people a lot, which is instead of saying, I've always sucked at public speaking, you say, I currently struggle with public speaking but with practice, with effort, with time, with persistence, I can get better. Nice. And just that subtle change in the language can, I think, open the door up enough so that you are willing to, if you, have to, if you know you're going to give a big talk at work tomorrow, practice that the night before, practice it in the morning of, maybe you film yourself. And I think those little mini at-bats over time can, can improve a person's self-regard. So those are oh, kind of my, 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 my big five there.
1: Awesome, yeah, because the reticular activating system is listening.
0: <laughs> Always, <laughs> yep. Uh, it says, "Okay,
1: you suck. Okay, you suck. Let, let's let's find some evidence for that, right?"
0: <laughs> and it wants to find that evidence, Christina, to support. Like that—that's where cognitive dissonance comes from. Yeah, when we have a belief, we are constantly going to search out evidence to support that belief. So, yeah. if you think you stink at something then you're going to be replaying all those times that you've fumbled with your words in the past, yeah. uh, maybe critical things that other people have said. And so you are comfortable with that. Yeah. And um, that can be a, a catastrophic uh, cycle that s- people find it difficult to get out of.
1: That's right. We got to break that cycle with that growth mindset. Love it. Now, just a quick turn on, okay, so low self-regard. Now we can overuse our strengths, right, and they become weaknesses. Sure. Is there uh, suggestions for how to figure out if you're being cocky or confident?
0: So this is obviously, I would argue, probably the extreme minority of of folks. Yeah, and I think this there's probably a self selection process that goes into this because if you're taking the emotional intelligence assessment. You know, chances are you're probably are already self-selecting or you've been voluntold, as we like to say <laughs> uh, in the Army, uh, mm-hmm. in order to take this assessment, in order to build you up or uh, seek out some type of coaching. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the people that are going to be pegged out on the high side of self-regard are going to be less likely to take advantage of those opportunities. At least that's been my experience.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: H- however, um, I think this is where we all have blind spots. And this mm-hmm. is certainly one of those places that can be a blind spot. So my recommendation on the high side is find people that you trust that either, um, you know, I think it's difficult for mentors to see this. But I do believe that if you uh, create some feedback loops and mechanisms inside of your business, uh, that you can use people's feedback to identify if you are being pegged out on the the high self-regard side. Nice um, feedback. Yeah. This, the second one there in terms of the, the people that are on the, on the high side is uh, when you take these assessments, I think one of the areas where on the high side that, that comes out, it, you, you don't recognize it. So maybe one of the places where you can can go is not just the current employees that you have, but previous ones mm-hmm. um, to, to, to help you out. And then I would be interested, particularly in the EQI, is to see what is the relationship with the, between the high self-regard and somebody's empathy scores.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
0: <laughs> and if you're on the high side, maybe one of the things that you should always ask yourself first is, you know, what is best for the group as opposed to making myself look good in that yeah. situation? That's tough. I, to be honest, I have not run into a lot of people that... I've, Small percentage. I, I think we've run into a lot of people that have, it, m- might have high self-regard. They're part, easy to spot. But not that I've not that I've had to coach on the EQI in order to kind of bring that score down.
1: Yeah. Nice. Okay. well, for those listeners that want to learn more about you, can you share a little bit about your products and services and where they can find them?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an ICF certified leadership coach about to get my PCC here. Um, So I'm really excited about that. Reached the 500 mark. Um, I run a business called Top Mental Game. So I'm on all the socials on Top Mental Game. My website is topmentalgame.com. And for any of your those students out there that are interested in uh, leadership and you know professional development, uh, we I run a leadership institute at Seton Hall University. Uh, so that's called the Busino Leadership Institute. And the address for that is www.shu.edu backslash leadership. So go take a look. Cool.
1: We'll have that in the show notes.
0: Awesome. episode description. <laughs> so
1: now awesome. we're at that point. What is your final piece of advice around self regard for our listeners?
0: Sure. I think it starts with you. And, you know, how can you expect anybody else to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? So to me, that w- that's what I would like to end with, which is you have to start with believing in yourself first before you can expect others to.
1: I love it. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Brian.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Christina.
1: To learn more about Brian, visit his website at topmentalgame.com. Interested in expanding your employee development program? Visit ChristinaEans.com to look at the many workshops Christina has available for you.